Hello and welcome to Untangled, our podcast. Uh, As always, you are welcome to accept or reject anything that we talk about today. It's only a perspective. Uh, We're not here to judge or um, to make you feel judged. We're just here to chat about, well, everything and anything to do with parenting and kids. I am joined today by the lovely Sabine. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Sabine was saying there, it feels like a job interview, but it's not like that at all. (laughs) <laughs> you don't get any benefits. You don't even get paid. <laughs> Just tea and coffee. That's it. Oh, that's that's payment enough this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, we're recording this on a Monday morning. And I was just saying to Sabine um, about morning routines and I have I have three to get out of the house. Um, but Sabine, you have. I have five children. Sabine has five. I know. <laughs> She's like a superhero. Um and I was just sharing morning routines. I have so much love for mums that do the morning routines uh, because it's it, it can be so pressured. And sometimes um, when you've dropped them off at school and you're driving down the avenue on your own and you think, oh, gosh, I sent them off there today and we did nothing but barge and fall out this morning. And. And that feeling in your stomach were just, oh, my goodness, why was I not nicer to them? And um, I had an experience of that when when it was when I just had one at home and uh, we went to. uh, It was kind of like a mindfulness workshop in Mm -hmm. the primary school. And and I thought, oh, gosh, that's that's really something that I struggle with in the mornings is being in the now because I'm already thinking about what I need to do at work and I'm already thinking about um, leaving the house tidy for coming home from work and I'm already thinking about setting the chicken out for dinner that night. Do you do mm-hmm. this where you're, yes. you're planning out the whole day and it's only half past seven mm-hmm. in the morning? <laughs> and, um, and I remember there was, we were in the assembly hall and it was all these mums and uh, and they asked, oh, you know, is, does somebody have an example you want to talk about? And I was so nervous, but I really wanted to get some advice about the morning routine. But I didn't want everybody to think I was a bad mummy. Mm-hmm. But I, so I put my hand up anyway and um, I said, look, yeah, I struggle in the mornings. Uh, I get into school and my heart rate's going and it feels like I'm sending them off to school and, and we haven't had a nice time. And I spend the morning shouting and barging and nagging and and I don't I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And um they were they were so good. Nobody judged. Actually, a lot of the other mums said, does the same in our house? <laughs> and I was so relieved. I was like, oh, because I, I imagined that everybody else's house. The uniforms were all set out the night before the breakfast was made the night before. Everybody was, you know, mm-hmm. sitting around like on a TV show in the morning. Um, and I thought I was the only one who was barging and, and um, unorganized. So that was that was really great. Just looking at it from a, a mindfulness point of view. Um, and I was able to make a choice to to change how I parent in the mornings so that it felt better for me. How is your morning routine with three I, or five? I can't even imagine. Actually, it's not bad. It's crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not bad. But I think like I'm a very organized person. Yeah, that's just my nature in general. And there's mornings, like you say, they're crazy. 
and you're sitting in the car and you have exactly all these thoughts of guilt mm-hmm. and uh, you just wish you could rewind time and just um, go through the whole situation again and repeat this and be calm mm-hmm. and be that nice mom. But I suppose on the other hand, it's a wee bit of that's life yes. and accepting that and you are only a human being as well. Yeah. And what I would do these mornings is if that happens and if I'm sitting in the car, I always have this morning, this moment I go through the kids in the car with, right, we're going to put the key in and the kids say ready and we're going to go and start the car and the kids say ready. And that would be when I revise with them. Look, mommy was just really like unsettled because of this and this and such and such happened. How can we do it better? Yeah, I think talking with the kids about it. Yeah. And being truthful to the kids. As well, I am just a human being. But that takes that takes pressure off us as mm-hmm. moms is to say that the ideal is for it never to happen. The ideal is that we acknowledge it and model how you deal with this when it does happen so that the kids can because they're, they're going to have all these experiences as they grow up as well. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is you're modeling how to how to regulate or how to deal with these emotions when they do come up. So that's that's the best thing to do is just take a deep breath and go well and I've done that I've been in the car and I went right yeah sorry about that this morning actually (laughs) now that I'm in the car it doesn't really matter about the milk (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I freaked out (laughs) (laughs) just sing a song or do something or uh, finish it on a lighter note before they get out of the car I think that's it's never it's never too late to salvage it back and um even if you haven't managed to do that, that you can, when you pick them up, say, oh, well, you know, this morning was tough and, and um, that's OK. You get days like that. It's fine. But that's really respectful to them as well, I think, because mm-hmm. you're including them in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have with your five, Sabine, they run from um, your oldest is eight. Is that right? oldest one is eight. And then I have a five year old, three year old. The other one is 21 months and the youngest one is five months now. Five months. I said I had Claire down at six months. Five months. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what would you say your parenting style is? I mean, you still work, don't you, Sibyl? Yes, mm-hmm. I'm still working. And um, well, I'm working reduced hours. I work 20 hours and currently I'm on maternity leave. My parenting is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say with five. Yeah. No, I try to, I I think we have all this idea, what you said, you want to be that certain parent, you want to be that certain mom, you don't want to repeat all the things you didn't like Mm -hmm. as a child from your parents. And you have all this ideal pictures in your head, especially when you become a first time mom, and then reality hits you. Yeah, (laughs) it's hard when you're a first time mom. Yeah. And uh, you find yourself in a situation where you think, or I find myself in situations where I think like, oh my God, there's my mom speaking. Exactly, yes. my mum. Yes, and it comes out when you least expect it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the realization of this hits your heart sometimes. But on the other hand, like you admire your mom even more for what mm-hmm. she's done and what she went through. I'm one of six, so I know yeah. now <laughs> how hard it was for my mom. And the same way I see in my children, I see myself as a child. Especially my daughter, she's a very strong-willed child and she has her own ways of doing things. And I want to support this. I want to be, her to be independent. I want her to be that individual and not just going confirm with what is expected of children. She has to have her room. And I see myself so many times in it. But those are the moments you struggle the most. Yeah. I find 
mm. where you think like that's exactly how I have been my poor mommy and then we laugh about it and my sister and me we laugh about it we look at it and we think like no wonder she's like this <laughs> <laughs> I know and I think um f- for me I'm I'm a doer and I just like to see have an idea do the task see it completed I love those full circles okay mm-hmm. now um my hubby is a job half done guy right so he'll he'll start something but maybe it's maybe it's putting up two lights and he's going to he's going to know what I'm talking about when I say this of an area outside and there was two lights and I needed them both changed he did one and then a year and a half later he mm-hmm. changed the other one <laughs> So for a year and a half, I had lights that didn't match for no other reason other than he started it and got distracted. So I think that I react to that by by being even more, right, let's get it done, let's get Mm -hmm. it done. But what I find myself doing is um, doing things for the kids because it's quicker and it's easier and I'll just do it. Um, But I, I obviously that's not how I would ideally want to parent. I want them to to go off into adulthood with this purpose and this set of skills that they Mm -hmm. can accomplish things. But I struggle between giving them enough independent tasks to do and um, just wanting it done, you know, and finished. Um, So with my eldest, in theory, she should keep her room because that's the only area that she has to do. But it's 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 not kept. And this is this gets to me um, to the point now where sometimes I just talk to her through the door so I don't have to sit <laughs> because I don't want to nag. And I can and I'm trying to work out this is this is where my thing is at the minute. And this is it. You never kneel parenting because something no. else will come up mm-hmm. where you just think, OK, I need to find out where I stand on this now and what how I'm going to respond to it. So. I'm kind of, I'm trying to work that through at the minute with with this teenager vibe that's going on because I know I didn't keep my bedroom tidy mm-hmm. and I turned out pretty not too bad. Too <laughs> bad <laughs> is that even a phrase? I'm not an axe murderer. I know that. Right. Um, and my bedroom was never tidy. Never, never, never. Um, so then I think, OK, maybe it's all right that the room's messy. But then I read um, I was reading at the weekend Michelle Obama's book. Mm-hmm. So good. And she's ta- she talks a lot about her childhood and her mum and how they um, were given so much independence and responsibility and you had you know, your chores to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, laying down the law and getting your task done. So I find that I, yeah, I'm, I'm shifting from one extreme to the other with how I support my eldest daughter with but I think I suppose that's life in a way Mm. because that's exactly like when I say I'm very organized and I'm in many ways like you I like to have things done but I think we need to have things done because if we don't do this especially as a woman in the house with the working it's not going to get done and the more you have I always have this feeling this house is going to fall apart surely it's not going to fall apart but you have this in your head you have this list in the morning already in your head all these things that's what I want to do today Mm -hmm. or it needs to be done it doesn't need to be done but this is yeah that's how you feel you want it to be done and then all these things come in like you say you want to give your children this independence on the one hand 
and get them through this process of learning this and being responsible for things, which takes time. Mm -hmm. And then you need to have certain things done by certain times because there's a pickup here, there's a pickup there. You just don't have this time. And I think like you just need to compromise with certain things. You just have to accept that is life. And at that point of the day, I can't give my child that freedom. And then making spaces later. on the weekend later yeah. or implement it or repeat it. Like in general, like my children, they know they have to tidy up their rooms. There's certain rules in the house, not that they stick to the rules, but, <laughs> but at least they're there. <laughs> we have the rules and they know the rules. And I repeat these rules and I repeat these rules and I find the older they get, the more they come themselves and they want to do these things as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I find with Kaelin, for example, my oldest one, she realizes many, many times now um, she observes me a lot, mm -hmm. which is scary <laughs> because I know she will copy me. Yeah. And she will be that future woman with all these skills, which I do right now. Mm. But um, there's so many things she gives back to me where I'm thinking like, I haven't done that much wrong. She has that. She's uh, she has that sense for it. She well, knows when true. there's she knows when there's times when she needs to be hands on, and yeah. she knows there's times where she's just lexy daisy. Well, Kaylin also she, has that added responsibility mm -hmm. with her diabetes. She mm -hmm. was diagnosed when she was very little, wasn't three she? Three years old. She was only three years old. Yeah. Mm. How did that diagnosis come about? Was that something you'd spotted, or? Um. Yes, we had. Um, I have seen a change in her behavior where I thought like, there's something going on with this child, which is not, which is out of the normal. She just wasn't herself. Mm -hmm. I was reading things where other people tried to calm me down and say, oh, she just um, started nursery and all these mm -hmm. things. It may be because of this, but I knew she's a very social child. It wasn't that. And mm -hmm. then um, I had made an appointment just to make sure, just to get a check through. Is there anything which annoys her? Because I felt like she's in her own way. And then um, we were lucky enough to have a really good um, GP, who also saw the first warning signs, and mm -hmm. um, we were transferred, and then she got the diagnosis of diabetes type one. But I, I think she's handled it mm -hmm. remarkably well. Like she's very, very resilient child. She's she is resilient, I think, to the outside, but she is very emotional. She is a very emotional child, and I think this is our biggest task for her. It's not the condition itself and she can manage her, her daily life and she goes through all the things and she um, she's doing great. She is healthy as can be mm -hmm. with the condition. But emotionally, I know this is something we're going to work on for years and years and years, accepting whatever she has to live with, even yeah. if it's the wee things, which people always over they don't they don't understand that what's going on in the wee child's mind. Things you never think about, which are no. for her a big task. If it's like even like a wee treatment in front of other people, she doesn't want that. Or if it is like she has to wait that extra two or three minutes where every other child already runs mm -hmm. outside and goes and plays. And she just doesn't want to be different. Because with her type one diabetes, she has the. She's wearing an insulin pump. She's wearing the insulin pump. Mm -hmm. And even that carries with it. I mean, it has huge benefits, mm -hmm. but then it has a different set of um I don't want to say issues, but a different set of um, things that she needs to be aware of. And I think she's impact. at the age, still at the age where the responsibility lies with me and daddy. Yeah. So we are taking this task on. And I don't I know like there is people who want um, to want the children to be independent with it as quick as possible. But she is a child. And at mm -hmm. the minute I'm thinking like for, for us as parents, we want to 
stay here in this and have as much of a childhood as possible because there is a part of it is taken away already with that. Mm -hmm. So we want her to like just be as free as she can be. We know she has to do all these things herself one day and she's learning them and she knows the theory of everything and she's doing it if she feels like, but we're trying not to force her to do it. Yeah. If she wants us to do it for her, that's okay. Like she knows like there's, she's getting at this age right now. She wants to go to birthday parties on her own. So she doesn't want to have mommy and daddy in the background. Yes. She wants to have sleepovers, which I understand there's the parents, other parents don't want to take that risk and that task of having her for a sleepover because she needs overnight care as well. So um, these are the things where she catches on right now. She has to learn them things if she wants that independence. Yes. <clears throat> but then that's driven by that internal mm -hmm. motivation for mm -hmm. her to mm -hmm. to do normal things, which is um, the best type of motivation. And she's spot on if she goes now to a party and I tell her beforehand she would do it. In yeah. the house, she would completely blank out. She would not do a thing <laughs> of it. Like, she knows mommy's in the background and daddy's in the background and they all remind me of it. Yeah. But she she's getting to the point now if she goes away for two or three hours, we don't leave her out of the house too long. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just too worried still. Yeah, yeah. Because she, um, she's, she's eight. So, mm -hmm. I mean, she's doing remarkably well even taking that on. But I suppose she's she's lived longer now with it than without it and all of her memories are with it. Would you recommend the, the insulin pump if that was an option for families? For us, it was the right thing. I, do, mm -hmm. I don't say, I wouldn't say to any family, do this or do that, because mm -hmm. it's all, again, like it's so it's such an individual thing. Like we have just recently had a different system. We tried it out, which is supposed to be brilliant and other people love it and it was completely not for us. Mm -hmm. So the pump makes it easier daily life for us and um, you can fine-tune things much better, and I think the long-term outcome for her is definitely better because of this. But it might not be for everyone, and she has a say in this as well, mm -hmm. because she is the one who has to wear it. So if she decides, it is a bulky thing, and I know there's different systems out there, unfortunately, they are not paid at oh, the minute. Okay. But um, if she would say, like, even with the new system we had at the minute, like, she did not like it, and even if it was for the benefit for her, there's no point in trying to force this upon my child if she doesn't like it mm -hmm. because she'll just refuse it. It'll not work the way it should work. And we're just getting ourselves into more work on top of everything else other than sometimes less is more. Yeah, well, that's true. So we said like she has her say in this as well. It's her body. She has to decide what she wants. And we had times in between, but maybe like instead of like she's wearing a sensor as well, instead of wearing the sensor, she had to go back to the finger pricks where she was always complaining about wearing the sensor. Mm -hmm. But then once she had to go back to the finger pricks, she realized the benefits of the sensor. So okay. that was fine. Yeah, definitely going for the sensor now. So, <laughs> But she was able to work that out mm -hmm. and, and have that opinion on her feedback, mm -hmm. which is I think that's wonderful that you're you're so respectful of her impact on that and I mean you've just finished something quite remarkable you've just finished your 22 mile swim mm -hmm. I did a 22 mile challenge tell me about that um, I've done recently a 22 mile challenge for diabetes.co.uk which was like you just um, you had a certain amount of weeks I think it was 12 weeks and within these 12 weeks you could decide swimming it either on your own or in a team do 22 miles and um, accumulate wow. and once you have done this just like raising funds yeah and uh, so if you go back to what you said at the very start being mindful of your parenting and how do I keep myself in the right place we had a tough 
time at the start of the year with this, with family to life, with a new baby in the house. And I got to the point where I was completely shattered and I felt like I was overwhelmed with everything mm. and taking care of Kaelin. And uh, so I thought I need to do something. I need to get my mind back into the right space. Mm. And for me, this was something supporting it and looking into the future. There's a great outcome for her. She can do everything in her life she wants. Mm -hmm. And the research is ongoing. God knows what's going to be in 20 years. So to support that, I've done this challenge. Wow. And raised the money. And that get me got me back bad into the right side mindset of That's like, this is, this is the way it is. This is what we have to deal with. But there's a future with it. And it might be better than what we think sometimes. Yeah. How do you how did you find the time to swim? Because <laughs> that was time you were on your own. Well, I couldn't have done it without uh, Keelan's daddy, Jason. So he would support definitely with the five children. I needed to make the time for it. Yeah. And I had um, brilliant support from friends and uh, some of them. I remember the first night I brought this idea out and a friend of mine, she laughed. She says, like, you sure you're never going to make that? And I said, that's, that's, that doesn't sound like the great support, but it was. <laughs> because the night, it was a Friday night, nine o'clock. I says, right, I just going to make a start. Nine o'clock, off to the pool. And went out and there she was sitting. And she says, I'm going to swim with you. Oh, wow. So yeah, uh, it was great. And then it was actually like a wee bit of free time for me. But also when I went on my own, just this thinking about clearing your mind. There was nothing, yeah. no gadget, no nothing, just being with yourself. And it's just nice. to, to almost reset mm -hmm. and go, OK, right, <clears throat> forget all about that. Dear reset. And I find um, I have to remind myself to do that when I pick up the kids, because Sabine and I know each other. Sabine's children come to our Cookstown Kitty Winkles, and that's where my children go as well. So when I go in to pick them up, sometimes I'll do an hour's work or I have to chat to somebody before I lift them. Um, and it's just taking us even if it's a second or two to reset and go set everything else down and just be here and be now and um i mean we chatted in one of our podcasts before about that self-care uh wednesday evenings the evening that um my mother-in-law takes the children and i have a few hours that's just for me to do whatever i want um, I wish I was motivated enough to go swimming <laughs> <laughs> on a Wednesday evening, but I usually just dance about the kitchen um, or eat Chinese mm -hmm. in my jammies. Uh, but maybe I should, maybe I should do something active because there's something, it's hard to get out, but once you've done it, you feel mm -hmm. so great. I think like in general being active and that's what I find as well with the children, if there's, if there's days where we're sitting and it gets crazy in the house and it mm. gets loud and it gets wild and you just think I can't cope with the noise level. That yes, is the way I would be noise sensitive, yeah. It is just like, right, I just stop the situation. Everyone coats on, shoes on and outdoors we go. And within 15 minutes, like the whole situation and the whole mindset and everything changes. It's just this getting out and getting moving and doing something, being active or if it's not possible, just building an activity on the table. Yeah. Just getting something like on the kitchen table. I have a tent, I have Play-Doh, I have all sorts of things in the house. And that's something I, I suppose it's something I have done in my whole life as well. I have always done sports mm -hmm. from my ch from early age on. I always have been active and my mom, she would have been very creative. So I love my crafts. That's what I do at night times when the kids are mad. What so crafts do you do? Everything. Oh, I love crafts. I love sewing. That's the main thing I do. And... Uh, 
but you should see my room. I have all <laughs> everything you can imagine. And my list of things room? I want to learn and I want to do <laughs> is endless. I have a hobby room, which is a wee bit taken over by the kids and by daddy as well. But uh, I think I have every craft you can imagine. There's at least a basic set of it. So I can <laughs> get it done. I'm the same. I'll see, I'll see something and I'll go, oh, I could do that if I watch a YouTube <laughs> video. Um, my most recent one is embroidery. Uh-huh. And so I've been doing napkins and things so that everybody has their own special napkin. But it, then it moved on to dressmaking. Mm-hmm. And I made my own blinds the other, not last weekend, the weekend before. And they turned out really, they turned out, well, I think they turned out really well, but they're probably just sure okay. They they're probably no, just okay. I'm sure they but there's something, there's something in that um, because your mind has to focus on the thing mm-hmm. that you're doing. And I like that, okay, none of the kids made anything with the sewing machine when I was making the blinds, but they could see me persevere when it went wrong and I had to take bits out and I had to start again. And um, that's something. And my eldest one, uh, my eldest daughter, uh, she's she's shy um, and I'm always trying to build her confidence up, you know, and say, look, there's nothing that you can't do. Mm-hmm. You can give everything a go. It doesn't matter whether you do it as well as somebody else. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that you that you give it a go. And um, I'm always I'm always joking with her and saying, of course, I could do that. I can do anything. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but sometimes then I see that grit in her where she's struggling with something that's hard mm-hmm. and you just see this. This look come over where she's just like, this isn't beating me. And I think, oh, that that persistence is is so important. I think anyone who's successful in life has that element of persistence where you just dig in and you just get it done. And mums have that. You know? I think like, to be honest, I think this gets lost a lot in education with children these days. Mm. It is that there is a task. And if it doesn't work out the first time, that doesn't mean you give up. And um, if it is not perfect, that doesn't mean you should give up. Yeah. Just keep practicing things like because everything comes with practice. That's what we talk a lot about, no matter what it is, if it is crafts, if it is music, if it is sports. Um, And you don't have to be the best. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not about the finishing thing. It's about the process. It's about it's like there's something you want to achieve. And if you want to achieve it, it doesn't come for free. You just have to do something for it. So and I think like many, many times I see or I feel like things been tried and after two weeks or three weeks, sports, they have no interest anymore. Well, that's okay. We do the next thing and the next Mm -hmm. thing and the next thing. And it's a never ending story of the next thing instead of trying to figure out what is it actually really like and focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. And to to dig down and get the Mm -hmm. that energy that pushes you right through. And it's. I mean, with the early years curriculum that we um, have at, at Kitty Winkles, where we're focusing on language development and numeracy skills and all of those things, um, we are also trying to add in these life skills because mm-hmm. when you look at the attributes of a successful adult, IQ is not the be all and end all on whether you're a successful nope. adult. Actually, it comes down to the life skills like persistence empathy mm-hmm. you know how how easy are you to get on with other people how can you re- how well do you read other people that um 
That's why they tell you it's stubborn yeah, child. Problem solved. Your most stubborn child is going to be the most successful. So I'm telling it. Yes, <laughs> although it makes our hair grey when we get the stubborn. If you can hold on until they get to adulthood, you'll reap the benefits of a stubborn child. I said to Jason, don't be stubborn. He's going to help us when he, he's going to make all this. He's going to pay for a retirement bungalow. <laughs> he's going to be successful. <laughs> I know. Well, that said, and I say, you know, that the, our girls aren't bossy. They're they're leaders in the making. That's what <laughs> exactly. that's what it is. And I, and I suppose you, we don't want to bend the children to our will all the time, just that they're compliant, which maybe is something that schools tend to tend to push that that individual spark out of them because they need everybody to mm-hmm. follow the line. So they need and, it, and that's OK if that's how sc- schools need to operate. But the children need other avenues where they can let that out and explore that and, and figure out how that is to be a person who has something to say mm-hmm. and and for that to be celebrated they they still need that environment where that happens now i can hear that's clay mm-hmm. that's your youngest he's with us today he's waking up now so that sounds like a good cue for um for us to finish because because clay is just stretching <laughs> and stretch. sabine thank you so much thank you coming was it as bad as you thought or was it a bit not at all <laughs> i think now i could talk on and on and on and actually once <laughs> you get started i know <laughs> it's the best thing ever so again if you're still listening thank you very much and we'll see you next time <laughs>